Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the third annual Christmas Movie Countdown. Woo-hoo. I am here with Emma. Yay! And today for episode four, we are talking about the 1998 Christmas classic? <laughs> Question mark? Question mark. <laughs> I'll be home for Christmas, starring Jonathan Taylor Thomas and Jessica Beale. It's unbelievable. It really is unbelievable. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm going to start, I'm going to preface this by saying I have never watched this movie. <laughs> there was like a moment in time, I would say the late 90s and early 2000s, where I just didn't watch Christmas movies, like new Christmas movies. Yeah. I just kept watching the same ones over and over again. Like, my go-tos were like the claymation ones, Nightmare Before yeah. Christmas, and uh, Home the Home Alones, and that's yep. it. Like I wasn't adding new stuff besides like the Santa Claus. Like that was the only series that I gave a fuck about, and I think I only watched the first two. I don't yeah. think I ever even watched the third one until we watched it for this. <laughs> so somehow I missed out on watching this, even though I was obsessed with Jonathan Taylor Thomas when I was a kid. Um, and I'm kind of glad that I didn't watch this because I would have like fallen in love with it because of Jonathan Taylor Thomas and then been disappointed when I watched it just now because this is not a great movie, guys. We're just going to, I'm going to flat out say it. Jonathan Taylor Thomas is a dick in this movie. Oh um, boy, howdy. But little kid me would not have seen that. It just nope. would have been like, oh my God, he's so dreamy. and Just like little kid me. And I would have just like given in to the fact that he was so dreamy. Like who cares that he was a super dick. So um, I'm glad I watched this as an adult where I could just be like, God, you're a shitty human being. Um, yeah. Should we secondary title this season's Christmas movie countdown, the super douche edition? <laughs> I feel like we're starting off on that foot. We're like every other movie is a super douche movie. (laughs) And honestly, honestly, we're doing the world a service by letting them know it's not worth watching. They're all assholes. Yeah, just skip it. Just don't worry about it. Look at the cover because he's cute and it seems like a very charming movie, but it's not. Yeah. Um, Eventually, we will just have narrowed it down to like, the 20 movies 25 movies that are actually worth watching and a whole bunch of movies where the people are just dicks don't even waste your time with (laughs) the 25 dicks of christmas (laughs) yeah it's the whole countdown (laughs) it'll be like big mouth (laughs) (laughs) yep (laughs) i don't really think anything could be like big mouth if we're if we're being honest even their christmas special the christmas special is so good and this time you're gonna see Santa's dick. Oh my god. Wow. When they came out as puppets, when the hormone monsters came out as puppets, I was <laughs> fucking done. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> we weren't even like 0.2 seconds into that Christmas special, and I was like, oh, it's the Muppets Big Mouth. Yep. I got it. <laughs> yep, it was fantastic. Okay, so enough about Big Mouth and Dicks. Uh <laughs> i'll be home for christmas is is a christmas quote-unquote classic and i only say that because it gets played every year on all of the channels that just repeat christmas movies for a whole month um this movie is always in the lineup 
And watching it now, I don't understand how or why, because you know how movies, a lot, Christmas movies in particular, the character starts out as like a little bit of a bad guy and you're kind of not really rooting for him. And then by the end, he's like learned all the error of his ways and he's completely changed as a person. And, you know, um, basically the end of, uh, what the fuck is that movie? It's a wonderful life, even though I've never seen that movie. It's the Same. end of that, like, right? He's completely changed or Christmas Carol, you know, he's, he saw all these things that might happen and he's like, fuck, I got to fix myself. And he starts to act better and he's going to be better. Right. Most Christmas movies follow that Christmas Carol guideline. Like guy was a super dick at the beginning. He learns the air of his ways. And by the end, you're like rooting for him because he has. It's the magic of Christmas. Yes. I will say I'll be home for Christmas does not do that Mm -hmm. for me. Jonathan Taylor Thomas was too much of a dick for 85% of the movie. And the last 15% or so where he was like, trying to become or was becoming the good person quote unquote he really wasn't like (laughs) i don't know his redemption arc was not enough for me to combat all the douchey things he did at the beginning it it didn't really feel redemptive yeah it was still self-serving yeah a lot of it was like everything that was oh look he's changed well, it's still for selfish reasons, so it doesn't count. Yeah. Okay. So the plot of this movie. Jake Wilkinson, played by JTT, is attending college in California. Now, the first thing I said when they fucking, like, it said college, it zooms in on the campus and then on Jonathan Taylor Thomas and his friend and, like, Jessica, like, all the characters, right? And I text Emma immediately and I was like, they're in college? <laughs> Everybody looks like children, okay? Um, and it's not just because I'm old, because I know I'm old. It's because none of these people look like they actually belong in college. Like, no. Jonathan Taylor Thomas has lived his whole life baby face. He knows that. But the people they put around him also don't look like they're old enough to be in college. <laughs> it's not only that, but the opening scene is him literally removing his roommate from a locker. Yeah, and his roommate is genuinely like 14. Like, this is not an 18-year-old kid. No. He's like, he's teeny tiny, a 14-year-old. Yep. It's awkward. So they're at college, and we find out that he hasn't been home, um, which is in New York, for a holiday basically since his mom died he refuses to go back home because his dad remarried um quickly basically in 10 months wow Um, and i feel that like that is very soon after a parent dies um but basically jtt is 18 doesn't know how to deal with his big ass emotions and rather than like be an adult or try to be an adult and talk it out with his dad or with his new stepmom or anything like that. He just decides I'm never going to go see you guys and I'm just going to avoid you and I'm going to be a dick about it forever. Right. So a few days. Plot hole number one, by the way, plot hole number one. Yeah. How can he be 18 in school in California college? Yeah. And have not gone home for so long. Yeah. Plot hole number 
Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, we're starting this off well, folks. Right. Yes, we are. At most, he's been gone like six months. Mm-hmm. At most. Unless he started college super early, which could have happened because actual Jonathan Taylor Thomas started college at 16. Yeah. Because he's like a fucking Mensa genius. So, yep. <laughs> so that I mean, that could be the thing here. We don't actually know what year he is in college. It never says he's a freshman or anything like that. It's just like, he's in college and he's been gone for a while. Okay, sure. So we find out that his dad really, really, really wants him to come home. He misses his kid, of course, like you do. And he has sent plane tickets to, or a plane ticket to Jonathan Taylor Thomas to go visit, to go home for Christmas. And he's like, sweet, cool. JTT does not want to go see his fucking parents, his family. And is like, okay, here's what what we're going to do. And he has his roommate take the ticket and get it exchanged for two tickets to Cabo San Lucas so that he and his girlfriend, Allie played by also from New York, who is also same town. They grew up together. Um, so that him and Jessica Beale can go to Cabo San Lucas together for the holidays, because of course he doesn't want to spend Christmas with his family. So why would she want to spend Christmas with her family? Like go fuck yourself, bro. (laughs) So she gets mad at him for that and is just like, no, you don't understand. Like, I actually give a fuck about my family. I miss my family. I want to go see them. That's where I'm going to be. Have fun in Cabo by yourself. (laughs) He gets all upset and he's like, okay, whatever. Then he changes or no, then he talks to his dad and his dad is like, hey, are you coming home? You know, we're super excited. We really want you to come home. And he's like, oh, no, actually, I'm do- I'm going to Cabo and like I've got a lot of schoolwork to do and all these different things. And the dad's like, "Uh, yeah, I saw the Cabo thing. That's not cool. Um, here's the deal. I really want you to come home. So if you come home by 6 p.m. on Christmas Eve, I will give you my 1957 Porsche 356 and delicious vehicle it's very it's gorgeous so pretty and jake is like shit are you kidding me the one we worked on for years and years and years to fix up like fuck yeah i will be there 6 p.m you can count on me i'm gonna be i'm coming home right just like the song i'll be home for christmas right so jake then takes the two tickets to cabo and gets them changed again for two tickets to new york city And he goes and tells his girlfriend, he's apologizes to her kind of half-assed and is like, I'm sorry. You know, I didn't realize you wanted to go home so bad. Um, Guess what? I'm also going home. Like, here's a ticket to New York. Let's like, I have two tickets to New York. Let's fly home together. And she's like, okay, great. That sounds like a good idea. Let's go. So that night there's a party, of course, like an end of semester party and everyone's playing around you know drinking whatever these people these jocks that jake has been i guess helping but cheating for basically question mark yeah helping cheat on their tests um are super pissed at him because the last test that he tried to help them cheat on they got 
caught they got screwed basically uh they were found out by another player on the team robbie from seventh heaven yeah and they got in trouble so they are all upset at him and the four of them together so the three guys that were taking the test and the fourth guy who fucked over his friends who were taking the test knock jtt out basically and take him somewhere he wakes up the next morning in the middle of the desert dressed like santa claus (laughs) with a santa hat glued to his hair and a beard glued to his face now if we were to just stop this movie right here and call it a short story beautiful yep come up absolute comeuppance just you're a dick you're gonna be santa claus for the rest of forever yeah but no it does not stop there unfortunately so Allie is out on the curb by her dorm essentially with her suitcase ready to get picked up by jake to go home to go to the airport and he's a no-show then comes fucking eddie who is the guy who messed up his friend's test and who has been trying to sabotage JTT this whole time because he's had the hots for Allie for who knows how long. So he rolls up and he's like, hey, Allie, what are you doing? Blah, 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 blah. He also lives on the East Coast and is going to drive home. Allie explains the situation like Jake never showed up. I don't know where he is. I don't know what's going on. And Eddie, of course, knows what's happening and is like, oh, you know, I guess he must have just left without you. Um, you want to take a ride with me? And she's like, okay, here are some fucking ground rules. You can't hit on me. You can't do this. You can't do that. And if you do any of these things, I'm going to sock you. Um, but otherwise, sure. And it is a fantastic list. She's like, no homophobic or racist or sexist jokes and no hitting on me and no doing this. And no, it's the list is fired. Like, no garbage music. Don't touch me. Yeah, it's so good. And he agrees. Um, and they start on their journey to wherever the fuck they're going to New York, right? JTT is walking in the desert trying to figure out where the fuck he's going or, you know, to find any type of civilization. And he rolls up upon a gas station where he convinces the person who works there to let him use their phone and he calls Allie and leaves a message because this is 1998 people didn't have cell phones they had fucking answering machines and you had to leave quick ass messages so it wouldn't just fill up their fucking answering machines so he leaves a message for Allie and basically says uh desert gas station Desert, Santa, buzzard, tumbleweed. That's what it is. Yeah. (laughs) And it doesn't make any sense. But then he calls his dad and he tries to explain what the situation is. And his dad, of course, is fed up already. Like he's replaced these plane tickets several times and he already tried to bribe him with this thing. And 
the dad doesn't just doesn't want to hear it. He's like, sure, dude, whatever. Like, I'm not going to send you money. I can't send you money. Right. So these old ladies drive up to the gas station and overhear the conversation. And they're like, oh, my God, your dad won't help you get home. Like, hop in the car. We'll go. They're going to Las Vegas, so they'll get him at least that far. So he gets in the car, they start heading towards Las Vegas, and he gets car sick and throws up in the car. They kick him out. He gets car sick because one lady's dentures fall out. Yeah. The other lady in the front says, Do you want a gherkin? and sloshes half the pickle jar in the back seat. And then he's like, Nope. Blah. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking gross. So Jake is down to three days basically to get home. And he is currently in a car on his way or just got kicked out of a car on the way to Vegas from Southern California. So who knows where he is based on the scene. I would assume he's just outside of Barstow because he's about to go through some fucking mountains and shit. Um, And he starts hitchhiking. And it doesn't really get him anywhere for a while. He hitchhikes for a long time into the mountains. And once he gets high up in the mountains, he's hitchhiking and he almost gets hit by a van that is not paying attention because a tomato fell out of the driver's burger and he's trying to pick it up off the floor of his van, which is fucking gross. And it made me want to vomit. (laughs) Pay attention while you drive, folks. Yeah. So the guy who was driving the van almost hits JTT and uh, Jake jumps over the side rail of the highway, basically, um, and rolls down this little snow embankment. And the guy freaks out, gets out of his car, goes to help Santa, and he's a really, really, really dumb person. (laughs) (laughs) And that's putting it um, nicely. So... (laughs) Nolan thinks that this is actually Santa. And he is like, holy shit, I almost hit Santa. Like, I'm going to end up on the naughty list, blah, 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 blah. I got to give Santa a ride to wherever he needs to go. So he and Santa get in the car. They start driving. Then they see Allie and Eddie, like, ahead of them. And Jake is like, hey, catch up to them. I know that person. That's Mrs. Clark. That's my girlfriend. And Nolan is dumb and he's like, Oh my god, another guy stole Miss Claus from you. We have to catch them, blah blah blah. And he just starts speeding. They get pulled <laughs> over, and with some quick thinking from Jake's part on Jake's part, they switch seats and Jake gives the cop some bull story about how they were delivering presents to the hospital in the next town and blah 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 blah. And the cop is like, okay, uh, that's really sweet. Well, I'll let you, I'll let you off with a warning. You're not going to get a ticket. Um, and then he comes back to the window and he's like, you know what? My shift ends in a couple minutes. How about I give you an escort into town? Um, and then he escorts them into town, right to the children's hospital. (laughs) And then he asks if he can join them in the children's hospital to put a smile on these guys' faces. So they sit down and they do the whole Santa thing. Like, what do you want for Christmas, kid? What? Blah, 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 blah. You know, Santa's lap thing. 
and they give the kids all of these items that were in Nolan's van are stolen because Nolan is a thief. <laughs> so these kids are getting like toasters and like hand mixers. Cordless vacuum. Yeah, just like dumb shit. Just dumb Like shit. he basically went to a souped up Radio Shack and yeah. that's what they got. Yeah, it, yeah. So they do that. They go through the scene and the very last kid um he's about to give him like a like a cordless vacuum or something like that like a handheld vacuum and the kid's like no that's not what i want for christmas and he's jake is like oh well what do you want for christmas and the kid's like i just want to go home and be with my family and he starts listing off all his huge family member you know he's got this long <laughs> list of family members that are going to be there for christmas and he's like all i want to do is spend christmas with my family and um Santa's like, okay, that's what I'll try to do. And the next, it cuts to all three guys, the cop and Nolan and Jake on the phone with their families. Try, you know, I just want to come home and spend my time with you because you are my family. And this little kid just like changed my whole life, basically. Then they hang up. They pretend to be like, they weren't just gushing their hearts out because they're men and macho or whatever the fuck. <laughs> and they get back on the road. Or they, the cop leaves and then Nolan gets in the car and is like, okay, bye. Um, Cause he's going back West, back the way he came. So Jake is like, fuck, I need to keep going. So he, he goes with the cop. Oh yeah. He goes with the cop. Cause the cop is trying to win back his girlfriend or his wife. Yeah. Um, basically he kissed like a stripper or something. And caused this big problem with his wife and he's trying to get her back so he's like santa please come with me um if there's anything you could help me with it like this christmas it would be getting my wife back so they go to the wife's work she works at like a steakhouse diner thing but it also has like basically yeah live cows around it which is fucking gross cows smell gross it's like one of those you're basically looking at what you're eating restaurants yeah which is horrible um clearly whoever made this film does not live near fucking farmland because cows do not smell good like and you don't want to be anywhere near a butcher shop because butchered cows butchered animals give off a smell like you would not believe like that restaurant would smell fucking horrible yeah it'd be a lot mistake number two like of this movie that does that makes no fucking sense so anyways santa goes in and he tries to talk to her and it doesn't it does nothing basically she's just like i don't care and he goes back out and he tells um the officer and the officer is like I have to win her back. I have got to do something. And Jake's like, you have to go tell her yourself. Nothing I can say is going to fix anything. You need to go in there and pour out your heart. So they go in there and they start singing a song to her, but they've changed the words. And it's basically just Max, the cop, apologizing to his girlfriend um, through song. It is adorable. Okay. Um precious it's it's fucking cute oh marjorie oh marjorie 
Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yes. So while this is happening, um, Allie convinces Eddie to stay the night at a novelty hotel in a Bavarian village um, <laughs> in Amano, Iowa. Um, <laughs> they end up unknowingly standing beneath a mistletoe arch. Um, and there's like a newscast happening for the from this Bavarian village because like it just opened or is open for the season or whatever. And they end up on scene or on camera and are basically not forced to kiss, but like, you know, when a kid when you're on the kiss cam, you kiss, right? Yep. So they kiss, and Jake ends up seeing the kiss, and he's like, What the fuck? I have to get there. So Marjorie forgives Max. And Jake is like, cool, buy me a ticket. Like, I fixed your thing. Please buy me a bus ticket. Get me, I need to go. So he's on the bus. He's headed towards this Bavarian place. And he's trying to get, figure out a way to get the bus driver to stop at this Bavarian village. Because that's not the normal plan. It's to go <clears throat> east to, to New York. And he kind of pieces together some different things that are happening in the bus. And he takes a guy's like barbecue sandwich and another guy's like cooler full of ice and a little girl's set of crayons. And he makes a fucking little ice chest into a liver transplant, quote unquote. <laughs> Written in crayon, guys. It's, <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. And he's like, uh, must be delivered to Ali at Bavarian Village. Um blah 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 like liver transplant and everyone on the bus is like oh my god it's a fucking liver transplant like it's got to get there we got to go there so they end up going to this bavarian village as soon as jake gets off the bus he walk he like books it away from the bus so no one can see him he throws the like cooler with the fake liver in it like in the trash and goes to hunt down Allie. he finds her in her room and when he gets there he's like talking to her about it like why did you kiss him why did you do all these things and he and eddie comes out from the fucking shower and he's like just in a towel and he's all pissed at eddie of course because he should be so he pulls eddie's towel and (laughs) fucking jake is like yeah go fuck yourself basically and eddie's like dude low blow and he covers himself and walks away and Allie gets all mad because she feels like you know he just left her and went to new york and he's like no i didn't there was this whole thing i was in the fucking desert and she pieces together the message that she had heard oh buzzards or vultures and tumbleweeds and whatever the fuck and now she gets it and she forgives him and then jake accidentally blurts out while he's like reprimanding that eddie is the one who prevented him from getting home that he needs to be home by 6 p.m. on Christmas Eve. And Allie's yeah. like, why 6 p.m.? Like, why is that fucking important? And he ends up explaining to her why he has to be there by 6 p.m. to get the car. And she's fucking pissed. She's like, why the fuck would you lie to me about that? Clearly, you care more about the car than me. Like, go fuck yourself. So she goes and gets on the bus and she tells the bus driver, I'm taking this guy's seat by. So she's gone. Jake gets in the car with Eddie because they're still, Eddie's still going east, 
right? And they start talking and they're kind of singing along to the songs on the radio and all the, they're being bros. They're broing out at the moment. And then while they're talking, you know, Jake is kind of thanking Eddie for doing all these things and like what he's going to get the Porsche and do all these different things. He's going to have Allie. And Eddie's like, uh, that's dumb. Why the fuck am I helping you? And he kicks Jake out of the car somewhere in Wisconsin. In this town in Wisconsin that he gets dropped off in, Jake sees a Santa Claus race and he's like, oh shit, I could win that. Like it's a thousand dollar prize. If I win, I'm pretty young. I'm athletic. Like, fuck it. If I get a thousand dollars, I could easily buy a ticket to New York and be good to go. Cause remember this is 1998 and even on new year's Eve or whatever, you could probably buy a plane ticket pretty cheap. Okay. There's not the case now, but in 1998, (laughs) you could do whatever you wanted. Right. It was wild out there. You barely needed, like, you needed an ID to fly. You didn't need shit. Right. <laughs> same day tickets. There was same no day tickets for under $1,000. Yeah. Go ahead and take your fucking, your water bottle on there and your shampoo, your full-size shampoos. Nobody gave a shit. <laughs> 1998. No. Uh, before the TSA cared. What a time. So... <laughs> I'm just like waiting for the music in the back of this to cue and be like, bum, 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 bum. Just like <laughs> some nostalgic something. Yeah. <sighs> so Jake's like, cool. I'll enter this Santa thing and I can probably win because I'm pretty young and fit and sure. He gets up to the registration thing and it's a fucking race like any other fucking race you've ever been to. You, there's an entry fee, right? You've got to pay an entry fee. So this is 1998. So the entry fee was only $10 which is unheard of, but somebody, one of the Santas next to him is like, you know, it's cool. I'll pay it. And if he wins, it's fine. Whatever. He can pay me back after that. So the rules of the race is you have to be wearing your beard and your hat all the, the whole race, or when you cross the finish line, if you don't have a hat and a beard at the end, you lose. like, it doesn't matter. You don't win. Yep. So Jake's like, cool, I can handle that. Um, and he looks around at all the Santos and they're all pretty fat, like and not intentionally like Santa fat, quote unquote. They're just like overweight guys that are running yeah. this thing because it's a bunch of like 40 year olds who don't give a fuck. So he kind of gets to talking with the guy who paid his registration. He's like, well, do you think we do I have a chance? Like, does anybody who's going to win here? And like one Kenyan guy. One black guy walks by and asks if he's Kenyan, which is, was racist as fuck. And the guy was like, yes, I'm Kenyan. And he's like, oh shit. Well, he's going to (laughs) win. It's like the most awkward, like, why did you need to put in that racist joke? That was unnecessary. Like, like, was there something in 1998 that was all about all that? Like, why was that joke even necessary? I mean, Kenya continually just obliterated track and field well yeah but like why why did that joke need to happen though right exactly exactly who at disney was like yeah you know what we need a racist joke right here that sounds good so (laughs) they start this race and everyone's running and it's just like absurd it's like this cute little town's like fucking race so it's just what you imagine there's like people handing out hot cocoa to the people who are racing and cookies and there's like a whole booth that's giving out cookies to these running santas and everybody's running and it's between 
Matt or between Jake and the guy who paid his registration and the Kenyan guy. Uh, the Kenyan guy like gets hurt or something. I can't remember what happened. He like trips. Yeah. So, so he loses. And then it's uh, just up to Jake and the other guy. And Jake's ahead a little bit, but then his hat falls off. So he has to stop and turn around and go grab it and get it back. Um, at the end of the race, it ends up being an all out sprint between Jake and the guy who paid his registration and Jake wins by just like the slightest amount. <clears throat> so he's all excited. He gets his prize money and he gets a taxi and is headed to, to the airport so he can buy his ticket. And he's talking to the guy in the taxi cab and he's like, Hey, you're the guy who won the race. Right. And he's like, yeah, you know, I did this and that and that. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, you know, the guy who came in second, we were really hoping he was the guy who was going to win. And Jake's like, okay, but like, why? He's like, oh, that's the mayor of the town. Oh, okay. That's weird. I didn't realize that I beat the mayor. Yeah. And every year the mayor wins. And when the mayor wins, he takes the entire prize money, all thousand dollars, and he buys turkey dinners for all the people who can't afford them in the town. And Jake's yeah. like, fuck, can you turn around, please? And they go to the mayor's house and he drops off an, the envelope full of money to the mayor. So the mayor can like go to his thing. Rede- redemption number one, right? Yeah. Um. So he drops off the money and he calls home. He's like, look, trying to explain the situation, trying to figure out what's going on. And his sister picks up the phone. And he's telling his sister, here's the deal. I'm stuck in Wisconsin. I need a ticket. Like, I don't have my wallet. I don't have anything. Um, And her dad and her stepmom are both gone. So she can hear the desperation in his voice. And she's like, look, I have some money socked away. Um, I've been keeping all my Christmas and birthday money for years. I can buy you a ticket and it'll be fine because I'll just hold it over your head for the rest of our lives and it'll be great. She's like scheming. And he's like, yes, cool, do that. So she buys him a ticket and she gives him this outrageous password so that he can collect his ticket, right? It's like just some dumb little sister shit, right? Yeah. He gets to the airport. He goes to the ticket counter. He says his password, which is outrageous, and gets his ticket. Something to the effect of, I'm a dumb shit and my sister is an outright goddess or something. Yeah. So he tries to get his ticket, um, but she needs to see his ID. Because even in 1998, you needed an ID to fucking fly. And he's like, well, I don't have my ID. I just gave you my fucking password. Like, why can't I? Why doesn't that work? And he's like, I don't make up the rules. That's just the rule. Like your ID, your password could get your ticket, but your ID is what's going to get you on the plane. Um, so he's like upset and he walks away and he sees a fucking giant dog crate that is headed for JFK airport. And he's like, that's <laughs> it. That's the way I'm getting home. So he follows the dog crate into like the back area where they're about to load it onto a cargo plane and he jumps in this giant dog crate with this giant dog. So him and <laughs> Jonathan Taylor Thomas gets on a tiny plane and rides all the way to JFK from Wisconsin in a dog crate with a giant hound. It's absurd. 
absolutely absurd. So they land in JFK and it's like five o'clock, right? And he has to make it from JFK to his house in what the fuck city is this? Lakemont? Larchmont. Larchmont. Something Lerdeder in New York. Yeah, some other shit that's not New York City. You know, it's not exactly close to JFK. So, yeah, tiny town New York. So he, like, runs his ass through traffic and does all these things and gets as close as he can. He ends up in his hometown at, like, 547 or some shit like that. Yep. (laughs) And... He ends up in the town square and there's a parade that's about to start. And all the people who are going to be in the parade are all kind of gathered in this area. And he's like, fuck, I need to get home. How am I going to get there across town? You know, whatever in this short amount of time. So he hijacks a sleigh. Mind you, he's still dressed up like Santa. He's been dressed up like Santa for days and he smells gross, but he hijacks a fucking sleigh, a horse-drawn carriage sleigh. And steals it and goes tries to go home he heads to Allie's house first and he rolls up on her house and he apologized to apologizes to her like i'm so sorry i'm about to be home for christmas blah 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 and she's like well it's almost six like what what are you doing here you should why didn't you just go home and he's like no i need to be here this is more important i need to apologize to you and i also wanted to ask you if you wanted to join me for christmas eve dinner at my house sure she forgives him fuck it gets in the sleigh they head to his house they roll up and he asks what time is it and she's like it's 6 59 and he's like cool tell me when it's after six and she's like wait what wasn't the whole point to get here at six and he's like yeah but there are more important things look at my family and they look through the window at his family having dinner And it's, you know, cute family having dinner and the clock strikes six and it rings all the chimes. And he's like, okay, it's after six. Now we can go. So they go into the front door and the dad is super fucking happy. Everyone's happy to see him. And the dad tries to give him the car and Jake's just like, nope, a deal's a deal. I wasn't here by six. Um, Plus, if you give it to me, then we can't work on it every Christmas forever. So do you keep it? You keep it and we'll keep working on it. Um, he also makes some quick amends with his new stepmom, who has been trying to get to know him this whole time. And he's like, yeah, you know, my sweater size is medium, like a 36 or a medium. Um, what's yours? So I can keep it in my mind. So next year I can buy you a sweater. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm a size eight. Like my heart. It's fucking dumb. <laughs> so. Then they hear a band out, like a marching band outside, and like, what the fuck is that? And he's like, oh, it's my parade. And everyone's fucking confused. So they walk outside, and the whole parade, like, is going right by their house. And someone in the parade, one of the angels in the parade, is like, hey, that's our sleigh. And everyone in the parade is like, bro, what the fuck? (laughs) And the guy's (laughs) like, I really needed to use it to borrow it to get home. I'm really sorry. Um, But you're he tells the angel your wings are really pretty um you're they're really beautiful you did a good job and he's like oh yeah thanks i've been taking sewing lessons good it shows blah 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 he's ends up being really nice to the guy and the guy's just like cool let's keep doing this parade and then the whole family 
and uh, Jessica Biel get in the sleigh and they ride the sleigh in the parade. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah. So JTT has like some slight, like I'm going to be a better person things, but I feel like he was so douchey. It didn't fix it for me. It really didn't though. For me. Cause he was super dick, like to everyone for a while, for yeah. too long. Well, and I mean, everything like, I think the only genuine, well, to me, genuine non-selfish thing was giving the money back to the mayor. Yeah. Um, the rest of it, like, he only said the thing to his stepmom because he was standing there in front of his dad. Yeah, I feel like the the way he reacted to the stepmom, like, was sweet, but wasn't sweet enough. Like, there wasn't enough of an apology there to make up for how he has treated her for question mark 10 months or however long they've been together. Um, Like you can't just be like, Oh yeah, I'm going to buy you a sweater next year. Cool. Like, no, like you need to be saying like, I'm sorry. I was such a dick to you. I have just been feeling really weird since my mom died and everything happened really quick. And like, there was no explanation there. He was just like, Hey, I'll buy you a sweater. Cool. We're fixed now. Like dumb. Like somehow that worked. Yeah. So Emma, who is your favorite character in this movie? Uh, The police officer. Max. Yep. His little moment with Marjorie is adorable. And I don't know. Everybody else was just kind of like weird. Yeah. Not great. I mean, even Jessica Biel, I was like, girl, you out here falling for all the dummies what's wrong with you like real talk all the things he says to me give me chills like what like fucking what right yeah so i'd have to go with the police officer what about you um so i originally had written Allie because i liked that in 1998 they had written her as like a pro-feminist character yeah um, but I kind of changed my mind while I was talking about the movie because she makes a lot of fucking mistakes. Yeah, she does. That like someone who claims to be super feminist would not like she gives him a lot of breaks um in ways that you wouldn't if you actually cared about things like misogyny and sexism and all of well, these different things that she claims. So Eddie acts the same exact way and she goes off on him for being a jerk and for being yeah. stupid and he's doing the same stuff that Jake is doing. Yeah. But she's like, oh, Jake, oh, he gives me chills. But Eddie, no, bad. Yeah. So my favorite character is going to be uh, whoever put together the soundtrack for this Yep. Movie. Um, it is not, let me say, uh, this soundtrack is really good though. I will say a lot of the music in it is like super far in the background. Like, I don't know if they just didn't want to pay full rights so you could hear like all of it, but (laughs) the very first song in this movie is fucking blink 182. Uh, I won't be home for Christmas. Yeah. Just fantastic because that's the whole goal of for jake is to not be home like he at the beginning of the movie he just didn't want to be home for christmas fantastic yeah then 
what my favorite moment in the movie in the soundtrack is when Eddie and Allie are driving they are listening to Aqua and it's not Barbie Girl it is Dr. Jones from that same album which is basically unheard of like I don't know anyone who besides me who actually knows that song because I had that whole CD and I just listened to it nonstop because I was in love with it but it was so fucking cool to see someone singing that song in a movie like you never hear anyone sing any aqua besides barbie girl and i just loved that moment it was so good all right who's your least favorite character uh jake yeah and eddie yep eddie was a douche (laughs) jake was a douche favorite character is eddie for sure yep Jake had some, a couple of redeeming moments, not enough to redeem him from like to be the best character. No, no. nowhere near that, but wrote, to save him from being the worst character. I wrote act one, Jake. Yeah. And Eddie. Yeah. Uh, all of this movie, Eddie, he was a super douche. Yep. He fucked over his friends on the football team. He pretended like he didn't so he could fuck over Jake. He kept fucking over jake like several times throughout the movie and was just a sleaze about Allie. like he was yeah. kind of he was like it seemed like he was being genuine with her in the car and then they got to the hotel and as soon as jake showed up he put his bro like filter back on and just was like hey baby you want to look at my dick and i was like bro stop what are you right. doing it was so gross yeah just not good all right seven word synopsis i'll go first because i only have two i'm sure you have a whole bunch more i only have three for this one. <laughs> oh, nice okay so my first one Allie was feminist who fell for bs yep and my second one douchebag jtt treats everyone like shit there you go yep <laughs> okay so i lied i have four all right my first one is B-A-N-A-N-A-S. <laughs> this <laughs> is bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. My teenage self is so mad at me right now because Jonathan Taylor Thomas was so pretty that yeah. I watched this movie and I was like, oh, he's so hot. But no, he was garbage. Okay, and then my other one's a quote from Jessica Biel. I'm going to have to slug you. Yep. I loved it. Yeah. Grand gestures done wrong every time. Unbelievable. Yep. And then my alliterative. Taylor Thomas truly tramples tricky trek. Turns truthful? <laughs> lots of question marks oh the question marks i love it yeah uh he was rough out here guys it was it wasn't good all right this movie came out november 13th 1998 because of course november is when you release christmas movies as as is tradition how much do you think the budget for this film was six dollar dues (laughs) that's cute uh, so Jonathan Taylor Thomas in 1998 mm-hmm. was one of the biggest 
stars. Yeah. Like you don't think about his, he doesn't cross your mind much anymore guys. Cause no. he's been out of Hollywood for quite a while, but 1998 Jonathan Thomas. Okay. He was making like a million dollars an episode for uh home improvement. He yep. was fucking Simba for the Lion King. Dude had a hell of fucking movie. Like dude was all over the place. Um, and I'm Jessica Beale was also making bank at the time from seventh heaven. Like they were both very uh, expensive people. And Gary Cole, who plays the dad was very, also very famous at the time. Right. So this movie cost a whopping $30 million. What a waste. <laughs> 30 million that's so much this movie does not look like it was the like they they solidly spent all that money on people yeah and possibly the soundtrack potentially yeah because there was a there was quite a bit of popular songs in there they like i said they were very muted in the background but they were they still would have had to pay for the rights for these these songs and at the time aqua was huge and yeah. Link was getting big, like because like I don't one. think renting a cow costs that much for a movie. So no, this was all about those peoples. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah. All right. How much do you think the box office was for this movie? Oh well, see now I'm all thrown off. I will tell you, it did not make its budget. That's your hint. $18 reduce. Pretty close. Kind of. It made $12.2 million. <laughs> it was a super flop, guys. Oof, duh. Like, like, barely made a third of its budget super flop. Now, uh, they have probably recouped some of those costs by playing it every christmas every year for the last 23 years but strong possibility dear god <laughs> this movie did not do well nay so emma do you have anything else to say about i'll be home for christmas you could skip it agreed this you is, don't you don't really have to watch it this is 100 percent a skippable movie i agree like honestly, the cover picture on Disney right now is Jonathan Taylor Thomas leaning against a cactus, and it's like I don't think I've ever seen two pricks touching. <laughs> Let's touch tips. Right. <laughs> Let's touch <laughs> pricks. Um, <but laughs> no, I mean that's literally the entire explanation for the whole movie. Yeah, that's yeah. it. I yeah. mean, you really you don't need anything else. Yeah, this is a skippable moment for sure. Yeah. All right, so if you completely disagree with us uh, because this is your favorite and you watched it when you were 12 and you were like, oh my God, Jonathan Taylor Thomas is so cute. Go back and watch this movie and then tell me if you still think that when you're done. Same um, <laughs> but if you just want to agree with us about <laughs> how right we are, let us know. You can contact us on twitter at allentown pod you can email us at allentown presents at gmail.com or we have a facebook at allentown presents uh we'd like to thank you so much for listening you can catch us again tomorrow with another christmas episode uh and we will see you then thank you for listening bye toots